welcome to the Grow My Salon Business podcast, where we focus on the business side of hairdressing. I'm your host, Anthony Whitaker, and I'll be talking to thought leaders in the hairdressing industry, discussing insightful, provocative, and inspiring ideas that matter. So get ready to learn, get ready to be challenged, get ready to be inspired, and most importantly, get ready to grow your salon business. So welcome to today's podcast. Uh, I am Anthony Whitaker, and I'm going to be your guest today because I wanted to take time to sort of stop and and look at the the salon world that we're currently in and think of how I might best be able to serve my listeners. Um, at this point in time, it is the 8th of July, and um, the world we're living in is in a constant state of change. Even if we went back, you know, a month, uh, there was a little bit more predictability in that, you know, a month ago, I knew that 75% of my audience uh, were on some sort of lockdown. And I know that at the moment that there are salons that are about to open uh, that have been closed for, you know, 12, 13 weeks. I know there's salons that have been open uh, for six or seven weeks. I know there's salons that have been open and have now been forced to close down again. Uh, I know that there are salons that never even closed and continued to trade through this. So, we have very much a, a mixed bag today. But um, whether we like it or not, um, most of us are hopefully in a situation where we're starting to get our doors back open and starting to generate cash flow and uh, return to our business in some shape or form. You know, we're living in this world of COVID-19. It hasn't gone away, uh, even though we are reopening. Um, it is not about to go away until we have a vaccine, and no one knows uh, how long it will be before that uh, might happen. So, you know, we're opening in this new world and having to adapt our businesses and how we uh, treat our clients, how we treat our team, and how we treat ourselves and the very viability of our businesses. Uh, that coupled with the uh, social unrest that started at uh, the beginning of last month, and it started in the US, but it spread, you know, right through the world with the Black Lives Matter movement has, you know, thrown uh, business, thrown politics, thrown, you know, the world into a state of great uncertainty uh, with a lot of finan- financial implications on the tail end of that. So, you know, as business owners, as hairdressers, um, we are in a, a state of change. We're in a state of the unknown where we are having to sort of reevaluate and reinvent things as we move forward. And move forward, we must. Uh, none of us know what the future holds for us. Just this morning, I heard that, uh, you know, salons in uh, Texas and a lot of them were closing down again uh, as they had reopened. Uh, I heard that salons in uh, Melbourne and Australia have, well, actually, that's interesting and in that the salons there have not been told to lock down, but the state of Victoria, Melbourne, has been put on lockdown for six uh, weeks. 
commencing today, but that salons have not been told to close at this point in time for whatever reason they have been deemed a essential service, uh, which I can't quite get my head around, but that's uh, the subject of, a, of another discussion. So, you know, here we are entering this brave new world as business owners and trying to make it work for us. Uh, none of us have been here before. We're all doing the best that we can. Uh, most people that I talk to that have opened have opened with a with a, a, a bang and a positive, you know, uh, business um, impetus from clients returning. Uh, those that have been open open for you know three four weeks or whatever have pretty much all said to me that that very quickly dies down and uh, they are experiencing a new norm. And in a lot of cases, that new norm is is not a a new situation that is enabling their businesses to uh, survive financially, certainly not long-term. So everyone is re-evaluating. Everyone is trying to make sense of the world we live in. And everyone is you know, trying to uh, uh, survive and get some stability uh, back into their finances, back into their life, um, and back into their businesses. I have a, a statement I wrote down in front of me, which just says, control the controllable, which is something that I've spoken about before. Um, and I, I think in times like this, there's this enormous amount of upheaval because of the uncertainty. And the uncertainty is inevitable, you know, whether it's talking about a health or whether we're talking about to whatever degrees political uh, situations and the um, social volatility that uh, is not far from the surface out there in many countries at this point in time. So, as owners um, and as you know, just members of society, we're having to constantly, you know, reevaluate what this means to us, to our clients, to our businesses, um, and to you know our very livelihoods. Uh, so, I, I often find that in times like this, that what are some of the things that we can advise people to do or that I advise people to do? And and for me, I find that one of the things that is helpful, that enables me to sort of, you know, to, to center and to try and make sense of things is to put a sheet of paper and a pen in front of me and to start writing some things down. Because just by starting to commit things to paper, it, it enables me to group things to get them out of my head and to look at the things that I can control, look at the things that I can't control. And a tool, and I suppose it is a tool, um, that uh, helps me do that is what is called a SWOT analysis. Now, I know a lot of people be familiar with a, a SWOT analysis. A lot of people probably never heard of it. But a SWOT analysis is essentially a, uh, a management or marketing tool, uh, which is one of those things that it allows you to start to get some clarity with your thoughts. And what the SWOT analysis is, is SWOT is an acronym. The S stands for strengths. The W stands for weaknesses. The O stands for opportunities. And the T stands for threats. So what are the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that are in front of us now? And I always find that just by starting to, you know, give things a name, starting to group things under each of those headings that it gives me a sense of certainty and therefore a sense of control. And that certainty, that sense of control um, enables you to uh, make smarter decisions, um, enables you to perhaps be 
uh, less stressed by the situations of uncertainty that are in front of us and be able to make smarter decisions as we reevaluate this ever-changing landscape because that's a challenge that we have is that, you know, what now? We, we don't know uh, what's next. We don't know in many cases whether you're going to reopen. If you're going to reopen, how long are you going to be able to reopen for? Uh, what does reopening look like? What sort of support are you able to get financial support from your governments, which vary from country to country, state to state, and even city to city? So, your SWOT analysis starts to you know, give you a little bit of clarity about it. And if it's a tool that can help, um, it's something that I would suggest you do. So that's uh, what I want to go through today. So what I want you to do is I want you to get a piece of paper out um, or, or preferably get more than one sheet of paper out, get four sheets of paper out. And right on the top of one, strengths, right on the top of another one, weaknesses, uh, the third one, opportunities, and the fourth one, threats. And let's start, you know, writing the things down that depict our current situation. Uh, bearing in mind that situation is going to change and bearing in mind that, you know, for the people that are listening to this, and, you know, this podcast now goes out to 50-plus countries. Admittedly, in some countries, there might only be half a dozen listeners, uh, but in other countries, there are hundreds, if not thousands of listeners. And within those hundreds or thousands of listeners, there will be people that represent every type of business and every type of business model. There will be you know, single owner operators. There will be people with chain salons. There'll be people in, in suburbs. There'll be people in you know, uh, uh, capital cities in the middle of the city. Uh, there'll be people in more regional areas. There'll be people that have mission-based salons and people uh, with booth rental or salon suites, there'll be pretty much everything there. So there is not a definitive list that any of us can put down. There is uh, your list and your list is not right or wrong. It's just your list that you should start to populate. And I often find that doing this exercise is uh, quite cathartic and it was also a very good team building exercise. So whether you do that with your, you know, leadership team, depending on how big your business is, or if you've only got, you know, two, three, four, five team members, sit down with all of them and do it together. Because it just like as an owner, it might take some of the uh, stress and fear away for you. I think it also helps alleviate some of the stress and fear and gives greater understanding for the people on your team. Uh, because, uh, if one thing's for sure, it's that this is a time where we need to have our team. We need the support of everyone. We need the understanding of everyone. So I've made some notes, you know, for a sort of imaginary uh, a salon, so to speak, as well, what might some of the things be that you put under strengths? So I'm going to go through my list and I'll flesh them out a little bit, but please understand it's just for this imaginary salon um, and you need to be thinking about, and some of the things for my imaginary salon will be relevant to you and your business, other, uh, but, but likewise, some of them will be completely irrelevant. So I'll leave that up to you. So I put down as the first thing, uh, strength. I put down in my imaginary salon that I had a good size salon. 
So it's been uh, very uh, easy for me to do social distancing. Now, I'm very aware that there'll be people watching this that just laugh at that because they have exactly the opposite problem. But I know some salons that um, have a very large square footage and they've very easily been able to spread out their mobile workstations um, to accommodate social distancing. So, you know, my example on this strength, I put down good size for social distancing. That's a strength. You see, what's important here is that we don't just focus on the doom and gloom. We need to look for the positives uh, to remind ourselves that it is not all doom and gloom. Uh, so the next thing I put down was I have an adequate supply of PPE. Um, now, I know some people, again, that are going to go, oh, my God, I can't get enough PPE or I can't you know, get it at a realistic price. So, But a strength I put down here is adequate supply of PPE. Uh, another strength I put down, and these are in no particular order, it was just a brain dump that I did, was I have good communication systems, meaning that I have a lot of client email addresses, I have a lot of SMS capacity with my online booking system, I have most of my clients' uh, mobile phone numbers, you know, because if you can communicate with your client base, uh, that is putting you at an advantage so that you can let them know what you're doing and uh, how they can support you and, and that you are open or are closed closed or when you will be open or what your new opening hours will be. Communication is everything. So, you know, in my imaginary salon, I've said I've got good communication systems, email addresses, SMS capacity, and I've got an online booking system. Then I've also put down that I have good team morale and that my team are, are really uh, committed to making this work and committed to getting back to the salon. Um, I've put down under strengths, client loyalty, that my clients are very supportive, that they've been on the phone, they've been on social media, uh, that they've been coming into the salon, they've been uh, you know, supportive and understand the situation that we're in, that they understand that we have had to have a, a, a price change, uh, that they've understand that, uh, that we've had to change our opening hours and, uh, and that we can only have a certain amount of time that people are in the salon and that uh, perhaps we only doing limited services. You know, I'm sure you're getting the idea. So, you know, these are some of the strengths. I've also written that down as a strength that we have good uh, local government and good federal government uh, support and leadership. Now, some of you will be going, oh my God, we have terrible leadership with our government or, you know, we have great federal support, but terrible, uh, you know, uh, state or, or city uh, leadership. And that is going to vary from country to country and city to city. But obviously, some countries have much better leadership at this point in time than other countries uh, or states. And that is, you know, creating uh, challenges that spread right through the system. I've also put down for my imaginary uh, salon as a strength that I have a cash flow buffer. Now, I know there'll be people looking at this or listening to this, sorry, that will be going, yeah, that's me. I've, I've uh, always had a good cash flow buffer and uh, this hasn't hurt too much. I've been, been able to uh, keep up with all my payments and, uh, you know, make sure that my, my team and my own personal family are okay and that I've been meeting my business commitments. So I put that down as, as a strength that I have a cash flow buffer. And as a, a final strength on my list, I put down that I've been able to renegotiate uh, with my landlord. Uh, we've renegotiated the rent. Um, we've renegotiated the, the loans that I have with the bank or renegotiated the terms with any of my suppliers. So, 
you know, I came up with that list in about sort of five or 10 minutes. It was a, what I call a brain dump. And it's a really important exercise for you to do to see that there are some good things here that there are some positives here. And I want you to really dig deep and to write down all the strengths that you and your team have, okay? Now, in the interest of time, let's move on and have a look at uh, what my list of weaknesses was. Uh, and, and sometimes what you have down as your weaknesses is a direct opposite or direct reflection of some of the things that you might have had on your strengths. So, so let me give you an example. I said a strength was that we had good morale. Now, uh, in my imaginary salon, as a weakness, I'm putting down, well, we've got really low morale. Now, you may have low morale. You, you, you may have staff that are really fearful about coming back to work. You might have clients that are really fearful about coming into the salon. So, you know, low morale would be a weakness. Staff being fearful of coming back to work would be a weakness. Clients being fearful of coming into the salon would be a weakness. You might have, again, you know, the direct opposite. I mean, I said uh, a strength for my imaginary salon was a good size for social distancing. Now, I know a lot of salons out there are going, oh, my God, if only you know, that a lot of salons are saying, you know, we have a lot of difficulty in our space for social distancing because we are a very small salon in terms of our square footage and we're simply not able to use every chair under the social distancing guidelines. We've got to um, only use every second chair. So it is is creating havoc um, with you being able to uh, generate the same volume of work. So, you know, your space, the size of it might be a weakness. Another weakness might be, again, you know, bad local or federal leadership. Um, a weakness might be that you uh, say that you can't access a regular supply of PPE or that the PPE um, you have not uh, been able to put a surcharge on, um, whether it's because you've been told not to uh, from you know your 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 government or you know wh- whatever it is, uh, whatever your authorities are, or or whether it's your 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 clients uh, or your team have rejected the fact that you want to charge an extra uh, you know five dollars or five pound or whatever it is to absorb the cost of PPE. Uh, so that might be a weakness. You may have. As a strength, you might have put down that you have a, a great uh, parking area. Um, often salons in the United States have the, the, the luxury of having you know, good on-site parking for clients. Equally, there are plenty of salons out there uh, that say there is no parking. And one of the reasons why that might be a weakness is that you know, under this new um, you know, situation that we're living through, if you are able to say to your clients, you need to stay in your car, text us when you arrive and we'll text you when you can come in, you know, it, it helps with uh, not having people in the salon for any longer than what they need to be there. So you might put down as a weakness that you have no parking or that you have no waiting area. So that's creating additional problems with that. You might put as a weakness that you are unable to offer certain services. So you you may have had mandated to you that clients are not in the salon or allowed to be in the salon for more than a certain amount of time. So you might have services that you want to do, whether they're extensions or color corrections, or maybe you have a beauty component to your salon that you're not allowed to offer at the moment. So uh, that's a weakness. 
Uh, maybe a weakness that you have is that your business was really like 90% of salons, and that is that it was really just a lifestyle business. That, uh, in other words, it really didn't generate a profit. It generated a, a, a reasonable income for you, the owner, and it gave you a nice lifestyle. But when you had to close down, the, the cash flow stopped. There is no financial buffer, but the bills are still coming in. So that's a, a weakness. Uh, you might write down that a weakness is that there has been no leniency from the landlord. And I definitely know plenty of salons that have been uh, told uh, by their landlords that if you can't afford to pay, then perhaps we should come down and collect the keys. Now, you may be lucky enough to uh, live in a country where that's not been legal uh, uh, to do that and that there are laws that are being passed to protect you. But I can assure you that there are other countries and cities and salon owners that, that don't have the luxury of that situation. So, you know, that would be a weakness if there was no leniency from the landlord or no leniency from any other uh, suppliers, banks, etc., that you owe money to because you're obviously risking now potentially losing your business uh, potentially, you know, losing personal assets if you've gone personal guarantor, etc. Another weakness might be that your staff are not uh, particularly supportive, and that although you recognise that the only way that you can generate the same sort of revenue is to be open, uh, perhaps seven days a week, and to be open, you know, twelve, fourteen hours a day, and to have people on shifts, and that maybe your staff do not want to do those shifts or all want the same shift, etc. Uh, another weakness might be that there is no government support or is that there's pushback from clients about any price increase that you tried to put in place to uh, offset the fact that you can't uh, generate the same sort of revenue levels or that there might be pushback from clients and staff uh, about the requirements to wear um, a PPE. So, you know, they're just an example of the sort of things that you might uh, put down on your list of, you know, what are some of the PPE things that, um, uh, sorry, what are some of the weaknesses that you uh, have as a business at this point in time? So now we get to our third sheet of paper. Our third sheet of paper is titled Opportunities. So what are some of the opportunities that are going to come out of this? So again, if we look at everything that is on our weakness list, Often, as we go through that list, there is a flip side to that opportunity, uh, to that weakness, which is an opportunity, an opportunity to address the weakness and uh, turn it on its head. What can we do about it? So perhaps an opportunity is that for you as a salon, uh, for, for hairdressing as an industry, perhaps this is an opportunity for us to raise our standards in terms of hygiene and sanitation. Perhaps it is an opportunity to raise our prices. Uh, and not put them down when this is all over. Um, you know, if you just put a, a price rise on and you call it a, a, a COVID fee uh, or, you know, a sanitation fee or whatever you want to call it, then the implication is, is that that will be taken off when eventually we return to some sense of normality, um, if that ever happens. 
it will happen. It's a matter of when. So if you don't call it that and you just have a price rise, then you know uh, when uh, the PPE requirements or uh, etc. the social distancing requirements um, uh, abate, uh, then you know you you have the opportunity to keep those new prices in place. So you know uh, there's an opportunity to raise our standards. There's an opportunity for you to raise your prices. There's an opportunity for you to let some people go. Now again, this varies from country to country with your uh, different labour laws, etc. Uh, but perhaps there are some people here that um, this presents an opportunity if they're not particularly uh, committed, if they don't particularly want to work the uh, the shifts, etc. That you have to have them work. That maybe this is an opportunity to uh, to cull uh, some people. Uh, now I know that there will be uh, people screaming at the podcast that you can't do that in. My- my country because of the labor laws there's laws against it I, I recognize that but as i said i'm talking to people in 50 different countries and labor laws vary dramatically from country to country uh, so what else is an opportunity perhaps this is an opportunity to uh give your salon a deep clean and make that deep clean that is now going to happen uh, every day every week um uh that's something that becomes the norm there's an opportunity to reinvent your business model whatever that means to you um i'm not particularly advocating that you do, but this is an opportunity to reassess, well, is the way that I have been working, is my offering, the way I employ people, the uh, the length of our appointment times, the service range we offer, the target market we're trying to attract. This is an opportunity to reinvent absolutely everything, whether it's the uh, services that you offer or you know, the price point or the client base that you're trying to attract. So that's an opportunity to consider, is this a time for me to reinvent our business model? It's an opportunity to completely change things. I know people who have you know, decided that they're going cashless from now on and that this was uh, the catalyst to make that happen. I know people that have decided that uh, this was the opportunity to get rid of their reception desk and that they now have a concierge uh, situation uh, where someone walks around the salon and takes people's bills at their chairs and that they're so glad they've done this. Maybe this is an opportunity to develop an online offering where you uh, are selling more retail online. Um, maybe this is an opportunity, um, you know, to to uh, even talk to clients. I was actually listening to someone the other day who who said that, you know, what he is now doing is he is saying to his clients um, that, you know, he's saying to them, look, I, I know that you don't normally purchase your retail from us, but we need you now more than ever. And he was saying that his retail has gone through the roof just by saying that to clients. So coming from a you know a place of saying to them, look, I, I know you don't normally purchase your retail from us, but you know we really need your support now more than ever. And his retail spend had absolutely gone through the roof. So what are the opportunities? Uh, the opportunities to potentially renegotiate with your landlord if you haven't already tried to do that. Um, you know, make no doubt about it. You know, this was a uh, and still is a health crisis. There was and still is a a social 
uh, crisis happening, and there is going to be one granddaddy of a financial crisis on the tail end of this. There will not be businesses that survive. We're seeing that already. There are, we're seeing shops that aren't reopening. Uh, so if you're a landlord, you know you you would rather have someone potentially on a reduced rent than on no rent at all. So this is an opportunity to renegotiate with landlords, an opportunity to renegotiate loans, an opportunity to go, I am never going to be in this situation again without a financial buffer, an opportunity to put budgets in place, an opportunity to put new financial systems in place to protect you, your livelihood, your family, and your business uh, going forward. So, there's a brainstorm of the sort of things you might have down as your list of opportunities. Now, the threats. It's a little bit of a negative to finish up on, but it is what it is. The T is at the end of the word SWAT. So, so what are some of the, the threats? Well, I suppose the first threat that we all have to acknowledge is the threat to our health. You know, this is a global health pandemic, uh, depending on your age, depending on your current health, uh, depending on any potential underlying symptoms that you may have. Um, unfortunately, this is, you know, uh, this is, is a, a major threat. There is no point in beating around the bush with that. So it's, it's a threat, your own personal health. Equally, uh, it's a threat to the health of your staff. It's a threat to the health of your clients. Uh, should uh, your team uh, yourself or any of your clients get ill, there's a threat to the negative publicity around that with your business. There is a very real threat that uh, many uh, uh, cities and countries are now already experiencing as they came out of lockdown. They are now experiencing going back into lockdown with a second wave as there's been a peak in their city or their country, and they're having to be closed again for um, an unknown, uh, determined amount of time. So there's a threat that you could be forced to close. There's a threat that you may not be able to pay your bills. There's a threat that the government uh, won't be able to further support you with you know, relief because at the end of the day, our governments also uh, do not have a a printing press. Well, I suppose they do have a printing press, but you know we have to be realistic. You know they can keep on topping us up to stop businesses going under, but at some point in time, you know this all has to be paid back, and what we risk is a total financial uh, collapse. So, I mean, uh, you know that th that is a a something that we have to consider as a possibility, either at a at a global level or a national level. Uh, uh, statewide level or whatever, that our governments uh, will not be able to support businesses any longer. Uh, so it's a very real threat that you could lose uh, clients, you could lose staff, uh, and you could lose your business. And that's a reality. So let's move on. So let's just shake that one out because, uh, you know, all that sounds very negative. But you know, there is no point in putting your head in the sand. I think that it's important to, to, you know, to get out of your head what are the strengths, what are the weaknesses, what are the opportunities, and what are the threats. Because as I said right at the beginning of this whole pandemic, you, you cannot be someone who just curls up on a ball on the couch and uh, waits to, uh, for this to end while you watch Netflix. The businesses that are going to survive this are the businesses that 
are proactive about trying to work through it and navigate through it. They're not those people that have gone home and curled up on the couch uh, watching you know, Netflix and just waiting for business to return uh, uh, to usual because uh, in case you haven't noticed, there is no return to usual. So it's all about working through this. And you know, by getting uh, out of our head uh, our strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats and putting them on paper, once you've done that, you then ask yourself that question, well, what now? Well, the what now goes back to where we started this conversation, which is we need to control the controllable. So some of the things on that list you will not be able to control. You know that, and I know that. Other things on that list are the things that we can control. So we need to look at the things that we absolutely have control around them that are on that list, and we need to put a big red circle around them or an asterisk on them or a, you know get the highlighter out or whatever, and we need to go, okay, well, these are the things that I am in control of, so what are some of the things that I need to do and start to chip away at that list. And that list will be different for different people. But it's asking yourself, well, what do I do now? In my experience, I think the number one thing is that we need to be communicating. So just doing that exercise is communicating. Even if you just do it by yourself, you're communicating, you're getting the thoughts out of your head and you're getting them on paper. If you do it with your team, that exercise is an exercise in communication, getting them to understand that it's not all bad, but these are the challenges that we have, the weaknesses, and these are the opportunities, and these are the threats if we don't do something, because we need to get them on our side. So we need to communicate. Uh, we need to get creative more than ever before. So things you may never have considered doing before, you now need to consider, because you know, failure to consider, failure to uh, to move and evolve and change and failure to anticipate some of the things that might go wrong, you know, might result in you being a casualty. So, you know, my my wish for you is that you get all of these things out of your head. I do not want you to dwell on the threats. I want you to dwell on the strengths that you've got, and I want you to be addressing the opportunities that you have in front of you, because some businesses will come out the other end of this stronger and better prepared than ever before. Other businesses will, will not survive. And you know, I think I said at the beginning of this pandemic that there were three different types of businesses, and I have witnessed all three of them. The first type of business, right from the get-go, just closed the doors and knew that they were never going to reopen. They knew that this had beaten them. In many cases, they were already in dire financial circumstances, or perhaps the owners were at a point in their life where they decided that they didn't have it in them to go through all this again, and that perhaps they were in a situation where their lease had expired or nearly you know, expired. And so they were able to literally go, that's it, that's me, done. The second type of business were people that basically closed the doors, went home, took the government furlough scheme, and have curled up in a ball on the couch and they're watching Netflix and we're waiting for this to, uh, to be over. And a lot of those people um, have not taken advantage of the opportunity that they've had to rebuild their business. And as they're opening, 
they're finding that they're completely unprepared for this brave new world. The third type of salon owner were people that have embraced this opportunity to reinvent their business, to reinvent their way of doing business and to get prepared for the reality of what's in front of them. And many of them are opening now or about to open or have been open for the last, you know, two, three, four weeks, depending on the country that you're in. And hopefully you are learning, growing and surviving. And you're able to do that because you're prepared to evolve. You're prepared to change. You're prepared to, to reinvent and constantly be reevaluated. And anything that I can do through these podcasts to help stimulate that conversation, to cheer you on from the, guy, from the sidelines, I am only too happy to do. So as we wrap up today, that's what I wish for you. I wish you nothing but the best I hope that uh, your your own personal health, the health of your family, the health of your team and your clients, and that the social and political situation in your individual countries is working in your favor. I know that this is not easy. I know that none of us have been through this before. And I know that these are the most challenging times that any of us have ever lived through. But I also know that it will end. And I know that most of you will survive these times and come out the other end of it stronger and better for it. So thank you for listening to today's podcast. I, I hope um, that I brought you uh, some help. Uh, help um, and, you know, I always, you know, desire to inspire people to stick with it and that hopefully there is one or two ideas in amongst there that give you strength to, you know, to keep going and to see that there is light at the end of the tunnel. So until our next podcast, be safe, uh, be well, and uh, Godspeed. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, you'll find us at growmysalonbusiness.com or on Facebook and Instagram at growmysalonbusiness. And if you enjoyed tuning into our podcast, make sure that you subscribe, like, and share it with your friends. Until next time, this is Anthony Whitaker wishing you continued success.